Good morning, church. So good to be with you. I believe that God has a good word for us this morning. Last Saturday, I was asked to do a funeral for a friend of a friend. The deceased was a 24-year-old kid. He made some bad decisions in life, and he got involved in gang activity. The result was a tragic death from a knife wound. And my wife and I showed up to this funeral. And I was not prepared for the level of brokenness that was in the room. On one side of the room were family members, a lot of family members. On the other side of the room were friends, lots and lots of friends. And then in the back of the room were all these gang members, lots and lots of gang members sitting in the back of the room. And all were equally hurting. All were broken and in pain. And my wife was kind of afraid to be there, and rightly so. I, on the other hand, felt like I am in the right place at the right time. This is exactly where I need to be. And motivated by love, I preached Jesus and served this family as best as I could. And I tell that story to remind us that we are a community that is in crisis. That there are many hurting people. Families are broken. Individuals are in pain. People are in a fragile state. We are a community in crisis. And as the church, as the people of God, what is our response? What is our role in all of this? I find it useful to picture the church as a hospital. I love this image of a church as a hospital where the broken and the hurting are taken care of in Jesus' name. In fact, I wonder if Jesus had this in mind in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls Matthew, the tax collector, to follow him. And Matthew is so excited about his new relationship with Jesus. And so he decides to throw a party. And he invites the misfits of society to this party. And the religious people, they see Jesus partying with these misfits. And they shake their fingers at Jesus and they criticize Jesus. And this is what Jesus says to them. He says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is a powerful statement that Jesus makes here. You see, the church is not a holy building where holy people come for a holy huddle. I find it much more useful to imagine the church as a hospital. A hospital where the sick are made well. Where the broken are made whole. Where the hurting are taken care of in Jesus' name. And so, 
if Ohana Christian Church is more like a hospital, and if the church is not a holy building where holy people come for a holy huddle, then what are we to do as the body of Christ? What's our role? What's our assignment in all of this? If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5, Mark chapter 2. And we're continuing on in our new sermon series, The Gospel of Jesus Christ According to Mark. And listen carefully. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. This is the Word of God. It says this. A few days later... When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that Jesus had come home. So many gathered that there was no more room left in the house, not even outside the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to Jesus a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through the roof, they lowered the mat that the paralyzed man was lying on. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And then, of course, the religious leaders, they point their fingers at Jesus and they criticize Jesus and say, Jesus, you can't do that. And then a little later on in verse 11, Jesus says to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And the paralyzed man got up, he took up his mat, and he walked. This is a powerful story here. You see, Jesus is in this house, and he's preaching, and it's crowded Lots of people. People are shoulder to shoulder. No room in the house. No room outside of the door. Well, these four friends, they heard this rumor that Jesus could heal people. And then they get news that this Jesus, this guy Jesus, he's in town. And so they grab their paralyzed friend. They put him on a stretcher. And they bring him to where they think Jesus is teaching. And they see this large crowd. And they're like, oh man, it's crowded. We can't get our paralyzed friends into close enough to Jesus. Some friends would probably have quit at that point. They'd probably say, friend, man, it's just too crowded today. Maybe we'll come back another time. But not these friends. Motivated by love, they were desperate to see their paralyzed friend made well again. And so they come up with a plan. They're like, we'll bring you up onto the roof. And so they carry this stretcher with their friend on it, and they get up to the roof. 
and they kind of make an educated guess where they think Jesus might be in the house. And they start digging. They start digging through the roof. And once they've made a big enough opening, they lower the mat, the stretcher that their friend is on to Jesus. And listen to Jesus' response. He says, when he saw their faith, the faith of the four friends, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. In other words, it seems to me that this paralyzed man was healed not because of his faith, but because of the faith Jesus saw in his four friends. This story in Mark chapter 2 deals with physical illness. Yet people come on stretchers for a variety, a number of reasons. If we use the stretcher as a metaphor, then there are a number of reasons why a person can be on a stretcher. That last Saturday at that funeral, there were many people on stretchers. Many people were broken and hurting and in pain. There are many people on stretchers in our community, in our workplace, in our homes, in our schools. People are going through hard times. People are struggling. Your family members, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, the people you worship with in church. There are many people on stretchers, but here's the great tragedy. The great tragedy is this. There are not many stretcher bearers. There is not enough stretcher bearers. There is a shortage of stretcher bearers. Those four friends in Mark chapter 2, they were stretcher bearers. And what the people around us desperately need are stretcher bearers. Determined friends who will carry them at their weakest. Determined friends who will not only pray for them, but will do whatever it takes to help them get back on their feet. I believe that we are all called to engage and participate in Jesus' mission to be stretcher bearers. We are all called to minister. One of our high purposes in life is to be a stretcher bearer, to come alongside of people, to encourage, uplift, assist and help in some way in Jesus' name. The only prerequisite is love. It has to be motivated by love. It has, the motive of our hearts has to be love. The intention of our hearts has to be love. That's it. And you can be a stretcher bearer. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 speaks 
of that kind of love that we need. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, listen carefully, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, then though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What those verses are saying is that if you're a great communicator and a great preacher and a great teacher, but have not love, no good. If you have all kinds of gifts and talents and skills and abilities, but it's not motivated by love, no good. If you do all kinds of good stuff, if you visit the sick, if you sponsor a child in a third world country, if you feed the hungry but have not love, no good. But as I, walk, uh, as I look across this room, I am so encouraged. As I interact with all of you, I am most confident that there is a lot of genuine love in this room. And that genuine love combined with faith in Jesus Christ makes you a powerful stretcher-bearer. And so, church, my encouragement for us is this. Grab a handle. Become a stretcher-bearer to someone today. I'd like to show you a video clip. And it's from the movie Facing the Giants. In this video, a high school football team is kind of feeling defeated. And I want you to pay attention to the coach. Watch the coach very carefully. In my opinion, I, I believe that the coach is a wonderful example of an amazing stretcher bearer. Enjoy this video clip. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You're going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Maybe a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. Oh, my way. Come on. It's a 
good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm about out of strength. Then you negotiate with your buddy to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going.
Isn't that coach a wonderful example of a stretcher bearer? I believe that we are all called to be stretcher bearers to someone. Now I want to talk to those of you who find yourself on the stretcher of life this morning. I'll be honest with you. There was a moment last year where I felt so defeated, where I was really struggling with life. It was really hard. And I found myself saying, man, this is too hard. And I found myself paralyzed and on the stretcher of life. And my pride told me, especially as a pastor, my my pride told me, no, don't you tell anyone. Just suck it up, Thomas. But thankfully, I didn't listen to my pride. I took a risk and I reached out for help. And when I reached out for help, I'm grateful that in in that moment, the Lord provided stretcher bearers that surrounded me, people of faith that loved on me, and brought me to Jesus and provided me with encouragement and support. And like, and like that coach, at a critical moment, the words and actions of those stretcher bearers spoke to my heart and said, don't you quit, Thomas. Don't you give up, Thomas. Keep moving, keep driving, keep going. Don't you quit. Give your very best, Thomas. And I'm grateful for those stretcher bearers, and some of you were those stretcher bearers for me. And all that to say that stretcher times will happen to all of us at some point or another in life. And perhaps you come here this morning and you find yourself on the stretcher of life. Maybe it's your health or the health of a loved one. Maybe your marriage is strained or there is a, a, a significant relationship that's strained in your, in your uh, life. Maybe you've lost a loved one and the pain is more than you can bear. Maybe life is just kind of confusing and there just doesn't seem to be any peace. Maybe it's some sin that is weighing you down. Maybe you are troubled at home or at work or at school. Maybe you feel lost and alone. Perhaps this morning you come and you find yourself on the stretcher of life. If that is you, in a moment I'm going to ask you to take a risk and to stand to your feet. Then I'm going to ask those sitting around you to be stretcher bearers and to lay hands on you and to lift you up in prayer and to bring you to Jesus. Your pride will definitely say, don't stand up. Why would you want to humiliate yourself like that? My encouragement is this, don't listen to your pride. Take a risk. Seize this God-given opportunity. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Allow some people of faith to love on you and encourage you and pray for you and bring you to Jesus. 
And then I have some instructions for you that are going to be stretcher bearers this morning. I want to I ask you to take a moment. Ask the, ask, the per, ask the person, what's your name? How can we pray for you? And then I want you to listen. And then after you've listened, I want you to pray out loud. Just take turns, stretcher bearers, praying out loud. And then I, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to free, feel free to move chairs around or find a more comfortable area in the room and take as much time as you need. And then when you're done praying, if, you're comfortable, if you feel comfortable, I want, you to encur- I want to encourage you to exchange names and phone numbers so that you can follow up during the week. That's what a church is for. A church is not about coming and listening to a lecture. We do that every single Sunday. I'm kind of tired of that. I want to see some lab. I want to see us really doing church. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you're on the stretcher of life, would you stand to your feet right now? And I also want to encourage you, if you want to think of a friend that's on the stretcher of life, and if you want to stand on behalf of that friend, I want to encourage you to stand up as well. But take a risk. Go ahead and stand up right now. Those of you who feel like you're on the stretcher of life. Anyone else this morning feeling like you're on the stretcher of life? You would like some prayer. Thank you for you brave ones. Now I'm going to ask um, that those of you that are sitting around these people, go ahead, surround them, get to know them, ask how you can pray for them, and then start praying, all right? Go ahead. Gary, I'm going to ask you to come up.